Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We come to eighth time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Great day. Great day. Oh, give me some juice, baby. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Thursday to all of you. Nice to be with you. Appreciate you getting up with us. We are with you until 10 a.m. this morning. I am Sean Pendergast. He is Seth Payne. How are you doing this morning, my friend? Good. I Listen, Sean, we got to be out right at 10 today because I have an interview with the New York Times. Okay. Ah, it's that's actually, right. It's actually The Athletic, but they're owned by The New owned York Times. Owned by The New York Sounds Times. Sounds a little bit more, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, I'll appreciate it if you can, for once, stick to schedule. All right? <laughs> okay. I go through painstaking efforts to, to lay out a Make schedule. Sure the clock is okay. Detailed and organized right. all all day long, and then it's all shot to hell by Sean. I, I'll focus. I'll make sure today is the day I dial in on that yes, for sure. Yes. Oh, that'll be cool. So who are you talking to? Kaylin Kaler. Oh, yeah. She's a pretty prominent NFL writer. She's pretty big at the New York Times. She hit the yeah. subsidiary of the New York Times that you're going to be talking to. <laughs> I don't know if she – McLean gave her my name. I don't think she – she doesn't give a damn about me. She just needs a quote. Oh, okay, I'm gonna gotcha. go, I'm gonna I'm gonna conduct the interview via AI, uh, GPT chat. So so this have is AI do it. Yeah, why not? Why not? So this is someone who wants to talk about the actual game between the Browns and the Texans, right? It's, it sounds like uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I just people call and I answer, and I'm like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> that happened to me. <laughs> you want to talk about? You want to talk about the economy? Let's go for it. <laughs> Barrett Sports Media. I get an email. We get an email. Um, I got an email internally from like the Odyssey like PR person. Yeah, and they're like, "Hey, Barrett Sports Media wants to talk to you." I'm like, "Cool, have him call me." Yeah. <laughs> no idea what it was about, but yeah, cool, I'll talk. I, yeah, I, I could, I could use someone to talk to in the afternoon. It gets lonely in the afternoon. My wife's a teacher; she didn't get home till about four thirty. I'm just sitting around the apartment. Sure, have him give me a call. Turns out what they wanted, to? they wanted to talk about me, which was pretty cool. Oh, about you yourself? My favorite they're, they're, topic. They're yeah, doing one of those profiles on. Yeah, you? they're doing a profile. It's going to drop on Tuesday next week. Ooh, yeah. okay. We'll have to dissect it. Okay. Okay, I'm so. going to treat it like we're talking about a sports figure. Yes, that we don't like. Why does this guy <laughs> think he's better than let's Pat treat, McAfee? Let's treat it like we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Let's yes, do that. exactly. <laughs> There's a shock jock who thinks he's better right. than Pat McAfee. Right, right. Sean Penderass. <laughs> let's, let's tear him a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I asked you if um, you're going to talk about the actual game with her is because it feels – this is just my feel on it, Seth, and maybe it's because we're really close to these topics here. Yeah. It feels like – there's more chatter about two things this week than the game itself. One, C.J. Stroud being awesome. Like, there's a yeah. segment on every national show now about C.J. And we're going to hear some of them today, bits and pieces. Yeah. And two, Bobby Slowick. And I think the Bobby Slowick one is definitely locally. Like, we're feeling that, obviously, way more than right. people outside. But I, well, I feel like Slowick is as big a topic this week as the Cleveland game at times. I mean, the Stroud, the Stroud stuff is all rolled up into the actual football. It's just people, people don't actually, most people don't actually want hardcore X's and O's breakdowns until like right before the game. But as far as like CJ Stroud, 
and him facing one of the two best defenses in the league. The Ravens and the Browns are just, they're the best defenses in the league. And, and the Ravens, the Browns have had to do it without the benefit of any kind of consistency on offense on the other side of the ball. So I think it's, it's more impressive than what the Ravens have pulled off. So it's CJ Stroud, and he was asked a question a couple days ago about how he handles the haters, um, or, or, you know, the naysayers. And I'm like, where? Where Dude, are the naysayers? I there are none. <laughs> it was there were a bunch back in summer. Yeah, I mean, the worst I've seen is like, in terms of you know, national people or what have you, are Stephen A. just saying that he doesn't think a rookie can do well? Yeah, experience. in the playoffs yeah. without the benefit of because you know, and, and rookies have done well in the playoffs before. CJ does not necessarily have the same supporting cast as a lot of those rookies did. Yeah. So. There's I, like they are few and far between, and I would think like right now most of them, most of them would be up in Cleveland. Except even up there, it's tempered by the fact that most of the Browns fans are also Ohio State fans. Yep, yep. And the Browns fans are kind of cocky about this game too. Um, remember, I told you yesterday, like the the hosts up there, our counterparts, Anthony yeah. Lima and Ken Carmen, they were a little concerned earlier this week that you know that. It, it sounded like to me, and I, I wasn't listening hardcore to four hours of Cleveland radio. But for the ten or fifteen minutes, I, I poked my beak in yesterday to take a to take a listen to what they were talking about. It sounded like it sounded like they were maybe concerned about the Browns fans kind of taking things lightly based on Week Sixteen oh, yeah, yeah, being such yeah. a route, which is great. I hope they do that. I absolutely hope they do that. Um, the other thing yesterday, we'll get to Slowick in the next segment because Bobby Slowick had his press conference yesterday. And address the rumors, not rumors. I mean, it's actual yeah, news that he's been going to interview him. Yeah, that he's been requested for for interviews. Um, the um, how about how about two of the most successful football coaches? I would say two of maybe the five most successful football coaches across college and pro. If we were to combine those two for the decade of 2010 through 2020, um, both either. I would say Nick Saban definitely stepping down and retiring. Pete Carroll, it sounds like it might be, might have been a little more forced in Seattle. Yeah. Um, he's out. But Pete Carroll and Nick Saban, within like 90 minutes of each other, um, gone. That's crazy. I mean, that's like like you you list the great coaches of the dec- the previous decade, and it's Belichick, Saban, and probably Andy Reid and Pete Carroll, and then somebody else in college. You know, I'll, I'll pick another college guy, whatever, but – that's that was wild yesterday. Carol, Carol. I mean, his quote was, "I competed pretty hard to be the coach. I went along with their intentions." Like that, he was fired. I'm yeah. sure, or you know, they came to irreconcilable differences about how he was good to move forward. But uh, resign or be quit type of situation, I would say. So that was. I wonder if that's the one that, in hindsight, when we look at it that it'll look like the writing was on the wall and obviously it would have happened. It's just that he's been such a long fixture up there. And in the most recent drama of him versus Russell Wilson, it felt like, oh, okay, well, yeah, uh, Russell was in the wrong there. Whatever kind of issues they had. But that's us on the outside looking in. I think like any other organization, especially in the NFL, like people wear out their welcomes and without – extreme winning I don't mean just kind of winning extreme winning and pushing for championships 
it, 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 at some point along the way, the owner and or the GM feel like, okay, it's time just for a new voice and yeah. uh, new ideas, different, a younger, whatever. It just, these things happen. But yeah, definitely a surprise, obviously. Yeah, surprise. To, to most of us. Yeah, I, I think I, I think the main reason the Carroll thing was a surprise is because they were relevant all season long till the last week of the season. Like, they were in the playoff hunt. Unlike Belichick, let's say, who... You know they they were two and ten or whatever at one point. Like this season was a death march for Bill Belichick. Yeah. Um, the Saban one is interesting. Still, who is still employed? But yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's still getting hashed out. Um, and by the way, so is Carroll. I mean, he's still working for the team in an advisory role. So he's you know he's he's still he's still, he's still on the payroll in Seattle. Yeah. yeah, that always that that always is just marvelous. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Let me advise the guy you picked to, you think's better than me to come in here. No, yeah. to your point, he was fired. It sounds like it's going to be Dan Quinn who worked with Pete Carroll. I don't know if that makes it better or worse. <laughs> that it's Dan they, Quinn. You know, I, that's an interesting one because Pete Carroll was a guy who had relative success in his first uh, his first go round in the NFL, but then went to college and was very successful at USC. Very. With a couple little hiccups, and uh, like the thought was, well, he's a college guy. You know, he's just he's meant to be in college. So Seattle's already had success hiring a guy who maybe was thought to be either just not quite right for the NFL. And that's, I think a lot of people look at Dan Quinn, like not quite right to be a a head coach, but maybe they feel like this is in that same mold. And he's, he's very much cut from the same cloth as Pete Carroll in terms of personality, positivity, all that stuff. Yep. Yep. He's got experience in Atlanta and whatnot. He's, he's a, he's a good candidate this go around for sure. The Saban one is interesting because as you can imagine, immediately, the, the psychopaths in Alabama were bringing up D'Amico Ryan's name as a candidate oh, yeah. for Alabama. Like, there's, dude, I, man, you, the Bear Bryant Award was in town last night, so college coaching was kind of on the front burner here yesterday in, in Houston. And he, I think, you know, I don't know if we've heard of, I'm sure Nick Saban's put out a statement or whatever, but he hasn't done any interviews or anything like that yet. Seth, I think these guys, these college head coaches, when they get to be Saban's age, there, there may be guys that don't even get, a lot of guys won't even get to Saban's age coaching because of this, the NIL and the transfer portal. It yeah. may evolve over time to where it's a little easier for these guys to manage, but like, a guy, like, I could totally see Saban as much success as he's had, even with as much success as he had, just taking a look at the amount of work it takes just to keep a roster together now with the transfer yeah. portal and NIL and oh, be like, oh, gosh, God, yeah. I don't yeah, need I mean, this. It used to be a grind enough just recruiting the the high school kids. Yeah. Now you're recruiting high school kids plus college kids from other schools plus, plus your own roster. your own kids yeah. that you got to try to retain. And it is. I'm always amazed with college coaches who stay active. I mean, a lot of them as they get older are out not out on the recruiting trail. Obviously, nearly as much as when they're younger. But some of them there are still traveling a good amount. That's what wears on you. And I know they're doing it in private jets and everything. But um, the fact that he did it for as long as he did. He's 72 years old. Uh, which seems, isn't it weird? He's been so good for so long that 72 feels like, I, I thought he was older than that. Yeah. I thought he was like an incredibly energetic 78. Yeah. Oh. Breaking news from Sports Radio 610 is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Sorry, BetQL. Breaking news from Adam Schefter. It's almost like the Patriots were listening in on Payne and Pendergast. They're like, you know what? They're right. We need to get this thing going here and, uh, and part ways with Bill Belichick. Adam Schefter reports Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots are expected to part ways today. After a remarkable 24 seasons together, ending an unmatched run in NFL history that included six Super Bowl titles, league sources tell me, me being Adam Schefter, 
and uh, Mike Reese, who covers the Patriots for ESPN.com. So the uh, the Bill Belichick era. So in the in the last 24 hours, we've had Pete Carroll, air quotes, fired, or air quotes, step aside. The air quotes should go around, step aside. Nick Saban, retire, and Bill Belichick, parting ways. We don't know what that means yet, but it sounds like fired. Parting ways with the New England Patriots. So yeah. three of the five, three, three of the, I would say, Definitely, in my mind, three of the four most successful coaches. Throw Andy Reid in there of the last twelve to you know ten or tw- ten or twelve years, all gone from their jobs in a twenty-four hour period. That's you know, the wild. Crazy thing is Saban's retiring, and I would imagine he'll stay retired. Yes, he actually he's looked like he started to actually uh, have an ability to enjoy life a little bit over mm-hmm. the past five years, mm-hmm. which is probably why that that was the beginning of their demise. They won a couple national championships after he started smiling, but still, um, Belichick. I would. It looks and feels like he's definitely going to coach again, but who knows? Like all these reports, blah. Um, Carol, I guess is the big question mark. I wonder. Do you think he'll just stay? Do you think he'll be happy in an advisory role with the with the the Seahawks, or he'll want another coach? That's a good question. Pete Carroll seems happy all the time. Um, so I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't. And and he's older than you think. You know, he he's he's, only seventy two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. I I would be surprised if. I'd be surprised if Pete Carroll coached again. Mildly, mildly surprised. How old was Marvin? Marvin Levy coached until he was like seventy-eight. Didn't he? Right, right, right. Yeah. But he and didn't. Like he didn't he, jump jobs. You right, know? but yeah, I feel. Yeah, that's true. taking on a new job. Yeah, that's a that's a whole big deal. Yep. Um, and he's seventy-two, but he's like a more energetic seventy-two than than. Um, Carroll, you're talking about? Then Marv Levy was. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what? Uh, no, but but Pete Carroll. I mean, Belichick is younger than Carroll. Yeah. So, it, but you think that Belichick will take another? Job. I think Belichick just seems more sought after than Pete Carroll would be. Okay. It's, yeah. Okay. That that's all. That's I. Yeah. I. I, I don't. I, I. don't know how hot a prospect that Pete Carroll a few years and now Belichick's a few years removed from being successful also, but he's Belichick. I. You know. I think. And and Belichick is probably an easier sell to a fan base than Pete Carroll might be. I don't know. Um. Like I said, mildly surprised. It wouldn't shock me totally if he actually coached again. Um, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Boy, a lot of news. So Belichick and the Patriots parting ways. Let's get to coaches at the other end of the age cycle. Bobby Slowick. Bobby Slowick addressed the um, his candidacy for multiple head coaching jobs yesterday. You will hear that next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it 
in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. So big topic locally here. Obviously, Texans-Browns. We got that game. We're going to be digging into that game today. Hardcore tomorrow. Friday's the good day to do that. Um, but uh, Bobby Slowick is a big topic here locally. Texans offensive coordinator has been uh, requested, the two teams have requested permission to speak to Bobby Slowick about their offensive, co- or um, about their head coaching openings. The Carolina Panthers and the Washington Commanders. Here was an exchange with Bobby Slowick yesterday with John McClain and Brandon Scott at the beginning of his press conference. Thanks, Wayne. Carl Barnes kind of reach out because of your relationship. How do you handle that? We asked to be a couple of yesterday. How do you handle that? Or are you ready to be a coach? Yeah, it's, it's really easy to handle right now. You know, we're locked in on, on Cleveland. You know, we're full speed ahead, kind of keeping our head down in the dark. That's, you know, all that stuff. I'm very grateful. You know, I'm thankful to the Lord for giving me this opportunity. I'm thankful to, to Nick and D'Amico and the Texans organization for putting me in this position. But, you know, right now I'm a Houston Texan. I'm part of this organization. I'm going to do everything I can to help us win Cleveland. And, like, everyone's energy right now in this organization is devoted to how do we play one more game? How do we keep just playing one more game? You know, we really have a, what I believe is a special group of individuals. I know, like, offensively, I, I got there's guys in that room that I, I just can't imagine having to do this without right now, you know. And to really, as much as we can, just find a way to get four more games out of this, that's that's really all all of us are devoted to. So you're going to kind of taking all the interviews or are you going to? haven't even thought about it. Like, I, I, won't, I won't have much information for you guys. I, I'm being honest. Like, it's just everything right now is on Cleveland. I'm buying it. I'm buying what Bobby Slowick's selling yeah. to me right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I buy it, too. Um, I, they're not allowed to have in-person interviews until January 22nd, the day after the divisional rounds. Uh, they are allowed to have they're, – they're allowed to begin requesting interviews and can have virtual interviews before the beginning of the divisional rounds on January 21st. So they could have a Zoom call. Um, but I feel like, yeah, right now since – the high there's no I think there's no scramble necessarily to feel like he's in competition necessarily with anybody else and I the the first part of that interview or first part of that answer that he gave where he talked about you know he couldn't imagine doing this with different guys or not having those guys that's what he said not having those guys to do it with I'd like maybe I'm naive here but I do feel like in this particular situation where he and D'Amico came into this together, I could totally see there being um, more of a feeling of like, all right, look, I'm, I'm committed to this for now. I want to learn this. I want to have this experience. I want to see these guys through at least a good chunk of however far we're going to go with this. And, you know, and, and, and even on a selfish side of things, he could be thinking, yeah, because I don't, 
I think I need to be better prepared. I need to go through this whole process before I actually and take some lumps, take some more lumps, and and really put things in perspective before I take the plunge and accept the job. So I'm I'm not overly concerned about it. I know some people, I some people just don't like Bobby Slogan, don't like his play calling. I just look, don't overthink this, man. You've got <laughs> you've got a rookie who's doing things that very few other rookies have ever done. You've got him having helped alongside C.J. Stroud elevate some of these receivers into much, much more than hardly anybody wanted to give them credit for um, going into this season. And you don't want to necessarily jostle that if you don't have to. You look at look at Philadelphia, for instance, right now. Is it was it so simple that Jalen Hurts was just going to be awesome, never, no matter who right. his offensive coordinator was? He like they lost Shane Steichen, and it, it just it has been a stark, stark difference between this year and last year. Not to mention, I'll go back to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert was a different quarterback with Shane Steichen than he is now. I don't. I don't need to be experimenting right now at this stage in C.J. Stroud's growth. I'd rather have C.J. Stroud learn as much as he can about the NFL with the same guy, yes, and then at some sure. point, if Bobby Slowick leaves, then then so be it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's interesting. Um, the there's seven jobs open right now, and I guess if you're Bobby Slowick and you're of mind like, no, I may I may take one of these jobs. I I, I want to go see what's out there, and there's you know maybe. He's on an even playing field in terms of timing because of these rules that you're talking about, Seth, yeah. that you can't do in-person interviews till January 22nd. So all the coordinators that he's competing with for these jobs, he's on an even playing ground. I guess the, to me, like the, if I'm Bobby Sloak, I'm looking like, okay, which seats are going to get filled here? If he is indeed, if, if he were to be entertaining it, and, he, and yeah. you just heard him talk, he's not even thinking about the interviews at this point. The, the only people that are available that might snag one of these jobs right now would be like a Jim Harbaugh or maybe a Bill Belichick, who if you're just waking up, just the the, te- the Patriots and Belichick agreed to mutually part ways, whatever that means. Um, so Belichick is no longer the Patriots coach. I think teams hiring Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh weren't going to hire Bobby Slowick in the first place. I guess, you know, the one question I would have is the San Diego, jeez, the, the Los Angeles Chargers. My God, how many years has it been, Sean? Since they moved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Los Angeles Chargers. Too many for you and me to still be calling them San Diego. Yeah, I, do it I know, too. I know. That's yeah. my sign of the times yeah. um, or sign of what age I am. So the Chargers, the Chargers are really interesting because right now all sorts of anonymous executives and league personnel are saying, yeah, the Chargers love Jim Harbaugh and Jim Harbaugh loves the Chargers. But there is also a sentiment that the Chargers maybe don't want somebody who's as headstrong as 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 Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've kind of got a history of hiring coaches who perhaps aren't as headstrong as as Jim Harbaugh. The, at the end of the day, Marty Schottenheimer might have been the last guy that was really, uh, you know, an alpha, alpha male, alpha, like yep. my way or the highway type of guy. Yep. And and maybe they don't want to repeat that. Remember, I, like, you know, it, it's, like, it did not end well with them. So I think the – it's D'Amico. This was D'Amico's advice to Bobby Slowick in the press conference a couple days ago. Yeah, my advice to Bobby is just be selective. Right, you only get one opportunity to do it. You want to make sure you're selective and you're going to, you know, if you get the opportunity, go to a place that you feel like you can be effective. So this is the tough thing with Bobby Slowick. If he wants to choose a place where, okay, I think I can go be effective, the first thing, especially for an offensive-minded guy, A number one, above all else, is – do they already have a really good quarterback? Right. And there's only one situation out there right now where somebody would go to a place where they've got a really good quarterback, and that's the Chargers. The ironic thing would be, though, that 
that might also be the place where the very fact that the Chargers might want Bobby Slowick because they don't perceive him as to be too headstrong might be like an indicator of the reason he shouldn't go to the Chargers. Yeah. Like nobody, nobody likes that ownership group. Nobody, right. nobody thinks that ownership group knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah, it's um, okay. So if D'Amico's advice is to be selective, I've got the seven jobs written on this piece of paper here, Seth. You just tell okay. me your, your gut feel. I'm going to go through these. I'm going to rapid fire these at you. And you tell me if you were Bobby Slowick and you're being selective about picking a place where you can be successful. You know, D'Amico's okay. words right there. We just heard his advice. And by the way, keep in mind, that's D'Amico's mentality, and he chose the Texans last year. Can you imagine if D'Amico Ryans said that like said that before he took the Texans job last year? Like people yeah. would have said, You're a hypocrite. You're just taking the paycheck. And well, as it turned you know, out, he he was the most successful of all these coaches that got hired you know, last year. The thing that D'Amico had that a lot of other people don't have is inside information on what the what the McNairs actually are as a family. Yes. Like, there's a lot of stuff. It was really easy for people nationally to pile on the McNairs for any and everything. Like, there were, there were justifiable things that they could have criticized them for, but they became just the easy place to, to tell everybody, hey, by the way, I'm a good person. I'm going to bag on the McNair family. Yeah. You know, and like, D'Amico had a better perspective on all of that. Yep, absolutely. You know, you're, you're 100% right. Okay, you tell me, are these places that if you were being selective Bobby Slowick, your gut feeling says, yeah, I could do something there. Carolina. God, no. Okay. <laughs> that's a place where you go. That's a place where you go where you don't really want to coach anymore. I, I, I think, I think Reich knew what he was doing. I think Reich was oh, like, Oh, 100%. Nice Dude, plan. you can tell three yeah. weeks in. He's like, yeah, I have these meetings with the owners and they suck. It's, I mean, it's yeah. basically. I'll let somebody else call the place. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, you want me to call him again? Okay, fine. I'll call him again. Like, yeah, dude, I think Reich figured it out pretty quickly. Like, this is going to be a pretty sweet paycheck when they fire me in week 11. He was, uh, I'll go. I'm gonna. This this justifies a Seinfeld reference. I'm sorry, kid. He was Kruger. He was Kruger. <laughs> he was the. He was George's boss. Whatever, George. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, that's my once every three years Seinfeld reference. There you go. Okay. Chargers. Uh, yeah, I think so. Just what? Uh, like, if, if anything, though, even though the ownership group isn't thought to be like aggressively proactive and all of that and winning. Um, it's not like they're uh, it's not like they're cancers to the league or anything, and they have a quarterback in Justin Herbert. They have a that's a big thing, like you just said. Uh, Las Vegas. I feel, boy, I feel like Mark Davis is just waiting to really just land the right guy. He throws all of his full weight of support behind guys that are just kind of good ideas. So I I'm torn on that one. I think um, it doesn't have the quarterback. But I feel like Mark Davis with the right coach could actually be a hell of an owner um, yeah. just because he actually – like he, he really gives a damn. And money's like I – don't, don't worry about his business acumen or anything. That doesn't matter. Yep. Uh, they went 8-9 and nine last year. I think people don't yeah. – they went – I mean, they, they fired Josh McDaniels, and I think people forgot about the Raiders. They finished 8-9 and nine last year. It's not a horrible football team. Um, those are the three that, were, that got fired during the season. Here are the four that have opened since Monday. Atlanta. Oh. Arthur Blank is generally pretty patient. The only guy, the, the last couple guys lasted a while. Um, who was the... Um, uh, Mike Smith? Uh, no, Mike Smith lasted more than three years. Uh, what's his name, Junior? Um, the um, Jim Mora? 
Yeah, Jim Moore Jr. was only three years. Yeah. But I think beyond him, they were pretty. Yeah, uh, I, I would I would dip my toes in the water of Atlanta. They are they have a solid defense, um, and then it would be up to him. I guess it all comes down to like what does the organization feel about Desmond Ritter, and what are they going to do yeah. about it? So no, I, you know what? I got to I got to remember. I'm not. I'm, I can't talk myself into this if I'm about right, to slow. Right, right, right. It's got to right. be like a slam dunk. You're, like so, I would say no. You're being selective here. Yeah, selective yeah. is the key word. The Washington Commanders. Number two pick uh, in the draft, reminding you. Number yeah. two pick in the draft and an owner who I think would probably really appreciate Bobby Sloak's intellectual side, like the academic side of yeah. Bobby Sloak and the way he thinks about football. Um, one of our listeners emailed me talking about how nobody should ever take the Washington job because the owner is such a bum. And I don't think he knew that, that the they team sold. had been sold. Yeah. yeah, the new owner is actually a pretty... He's pretty good. forward, th- and he—I think he gives people like liberty to do what they're going to do. Yes. Uh, he's not like over. He's going to have an influence and input. But oh boy, number two pick overall, I'd take it. I, I yeah, I, I yeah. think I, if he's I'm got being a history there too. Yeah, if I'm being selective. I, yeah, you know, selective is the word. I think that passes the test for me. Two more Tennessee. No. Yeah, I'm a no on that one too. Too much, uh, too much drama. There. Well, too much drama, and I, I watched that sit-down interview that Amy yeah. Adams Strunk did with their in-house guy there. The, you know, it's like a five-minute sit-down explaining, you know, the whole Vrabel firing and whatnot. Yeah. She specifically mentioned, you know, they they were asked, or she was she was going through the reasons why it's a good job, why yeah. they think they'll get a good candidate, and she mentioned we have a good young quarterback. So you're going to be stuck with Will Levis. Oh, I don't know. I wonder though. That's that might that might be her being savvy. You know, like she's gonna she's got to keep things going along and nice and make Will Levis feel good. Now this is the difference. This is the problem. Tennessee's GM is is Rand Carthon, who worked with Bobby Slowick. So whatever drama there is circling or whatever, Bobby Slowick is going to get hopefully the honest details from yeah. Rand Carthon about exactly what happened. Um, I mean, he's gonna he would be pitching Bobby Slowick. I think Tennessee might be our biggest threat. Mm. In losing Bobby Sloak because of the Rand Carthon that relationship, yeah, yeah, and Carthon picked Levis too, so I, that, I think that gives Levis oh, a longer rope. Good call, there. you know. Okay. He didn't okay. inherit. No, him. then I say no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Seattle just opened up yesterday. I, I don't. Okay. I, I, Seattle sounds like a Dan Quinn situation, but what do you think? It of Seattle? sounds like a Dan Quinn situation, but I think that first of all, you have you might have the perfect situation minus Justin Herbert, is that you've got a, a team and an owner. Well, I don't know about the is the, the ownership transition, what it'll be like. But for the most part, um, you've got a quarterback that if, if, you get out, if you've got him on the right contract, like you can be a hero and really take Geno Smith to yet a new level, um, or you can move on from him yep. at some point. So, But it, it's going to be hard to have. You're, you're unlikely – they're almost too competitive to get a good draft pick. To not that that matters as much as it used to. Uh, I was, Seattle might be my second play, second, um, second choice after Chargers right now. If I were him, Seattle. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So there's some decent jobs out there. I'd say they're not all trash jobs. Um, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Uh, if you're just getting up, the big news this morning: Bill Belichick and the Patriots agree to mutually part ways. We'll get into that in headlines. We've got an important piece for the Texans. Back at practice yesterday, we'll tell you who that is. And C.J. Stroud picked up some more hardware yesterday. We've got all that in headlines coming up next. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines. All right, good to be with you on a Thursday. Hey, real quick, before we get to headlines, we should mention uh, Roger Clemens. The Rocket is going to join us at 735 on the show today. So we'll talk a little talk a little baseball, talk, probably talk a little Texans too. I would imagine Roger's keeping up with the uh, Houston Texans, Seth. He's a good Texans fan, yep. yeah. He's, he's usually got pretty good, depending on, you know, who knows. He's got to f- track his... His son around and everything. Yeah. Uh, who knows if he's got enough time to pay attention to the Texans right now. But, yep. He'll yeah. join us, though, at 735 on the show today. So make a note of that. Uh, Roger Clemens is going to join us. Uh, Texans, we start in on the headlines before we get to all the massive coaching changes that, have, that are taking place here in NFL and collegially. Quick update on the Texans. Uh, Robert Woods is back. He was practicing yesterday. Um this is very, very good news. Uh, there's still a handful of guys not practicing, some of whom will play. Like, Will Anderson's going to play. He's going to give it a go on Sunday. But Jonathan Grenard is one we're keeping an eye on. Noah Brown is one we're keeping an eye on. Malik Collins, Sheldon Rankins, both back at practice yesterday. So the Texans will have both of their starting interior defensive line. Yes. But Robert Woods is the big one, Seth, just because to me, just such the massive drop-off from Nico Collins to the next gaggle of wide receivers in that on that depth chart. It's a big drop you've, off. Uh, you've just got a. He's an extra option, especially if Nico can command extra attention. Um, he doesn't need to be electric. He doesn't need to be as fast or as athletic as Tank Dell. He just needs to be exactly where he's supposed to be and trustworthy in catching the football. Yep. And that's exactly what he was in the first two games of the season when he caught 12 passes in two games. And then as Tank Dell and everybody else really started to come along, he I don't want to say he was marginalized, but he didn't have to be relied upon as heavily. I think we were starting to get back to, you know, with his four receptions last week, in uh, perhaps more in the ensuing weeks, he's just going to be more of an option, more of a target. Um, you know, just to to generate first downs doesn't have to be for he, he could have he can average ten yards per reception. But if they're all those ones that he was catching earlier in the season, where it's right at the sticks and he can lean forward for a first down, or he's just past the sticks, that's a okay. Yep. Um. So um. So so Robert Woods back. Uh, C.J. Stroud won Offensive Player of the Week last week, which I think. It speaks to, obviously, he, he had a very, very good game. He had one of his best games as a pro. It was not an eye-popping game, statistically. Like, I think if this were a noon Sunday game, I don't think he would have won Offensive Player of the Week. 20-26, 264 yards, couple of touchdowns, no turnovers. He was very, very good, very efficient game. The fact that it was on Saturday night and the world got to see him win a huge game for the Texans, convert a bunch of circus throws during the it game-winning was, drive. It was that... Like it's on the power ranking of grittiest Texans drives ever. It was that go ahead score where it was a twelve play drive. He was seven for seven. He had that back that fade that he threw to Nico Collins. Not a fade in terms of the route, but like a fadeaway jumper that he threw to Nico Collins. Um, and then hitting Nico on that drag over the middle as he was getting hit, scrambling. It was just it was such a a, a masterfully performed drive and that even in as gritty as it was 
they only had to convert one third down, and it was a third and short. It was just a. It was both methodical and scary as hell all at once. It, it was, was really really cool. It was fun to watch. I, I've gone back and watched that one a couple times. It was just uh, that that was a blast. That was something that we just haven't seen in a long long time in yeah. Houston. It was really cool. Yeah. It also, is- the the stat that was cited a, a bunch yesterday in him getting this award was he's now the third player in NFL history to lead the NFL in passing yards per game and touchdown to interception ratio in the same season. So aggressively throwing the ball downfield, getting yardage in chunks, but also not throwing interceptions. Yep. And he did it as a rookie. Like, like that's the he did it as a rookie. Right. Those two guys were veterans who were all pro in the seasons that they did. Yeah, it. Tom Tom Brady was in year seven as a starter. 2007 and Joe Montana was in year God my like probably year 12 at that point I think he came in the league in 78 he did it in 1989 so CJ's doing it in year one it's 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 really remarkable we're, we're going to get to some of the things that people are saying about CJ Stroud around the country um, at the top of the hour and throughout the show um, the big news today the big news this morning Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots uh, parting ways we don't know what exactly that means yet. Belichick still had years left on his contract. He just signed an extension not all was, that long ago. It was only a couple years left, so it wasn't like one of these deals where somebody was, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a manageable one that normally okay. like wouldn't wouldn't hold people in. Gotcha. I, okay. It was it was misreported at first, Sean, and then it was one of those things where like they talked a bunch about it in New England, but I got the Schefters of the world and what sure. have you didn't feel a need to. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll say this: even if it were only two years. He does yeah. make like twenty million a year. <laughs> yeah, it was it was probably a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, they, so whatever the case, it doesn't look like it doesn't look like Bill Belichick is going to be traded to another team, which had been discussed. It had yeah. been discussed maybe uh, Belichick getting traded. So Belichick presumably was, now set free to pursue other endeavors if he wants to. And I think that yeah, the actual was it runs through at least two thousand twenty four, and then it's a little unclear okay. after that. But yeah, he can. He's not going to get traded. He can go do whatever he wants in the world. I don't know. I wanted to just. Does Belichick have a self-reflection gene? Do you think he ever just like sits down? I know he. I. It's reported that he really cares about the stuff like the coaching record and everything, uh, the wins record. But I don't know if that's true or not. I think he does. I, I think we like look anything like that. I think a lot of people assume he doesn't have just because of his public demeanor. But you hear from yeah. a lot of people that he's very different privately than he is, you know, at a yeah. podium. So I think he does. I, he's not a dummy. He's a smart guy. Yeah. I didn't mean that as an insult or anything. Yeah. I just like he seems so tunnel visioned all the time, right? That like I wonder if he's really given any thought at all to what would happen after. Remember, like when Josh McDaniels had taken the job with the Colts, had accepted the job with the Colts. Mm-hmm. It the way it was reported, it was almost kind of like it kind of caught Belichick by surprise, and he realized like, oh, I better do something about this, and he just talked McDaniel's back into coming back into the fold. Like I don't, I think he might have such laser vision at times that he probably is not really given that much thought to what he'd like to do if he's not coaching the Patriots. Yeah, maybe, maybe, and and, and I would say reflect on maybe what went wrong when you didn't have Tom Brady on your team too, because <laughs> you're not going to have Tom Brady one, wherever he should go. <laughs> it's almost like yeah, it's like they had the perfect relationship. It yeah. was just. I mean, some of that's just dumb luck in that they all worked their asses off, but it's the, it was the right coach who probably, that coach wasn't going to be good with a lot of other quarterbacks. And Tom Brady, frankly, wouldn't have made a lot of other teams. Tom Brady might have gone someplace where he wallowed on the practice squad for a few years and then never played professional football. And it just, it was just the perfect meeting of two people that ended up just, yeah, you can never rec- recreate that. I don't know, man. Um, I'm depressed.
No. <laughs> Belichick. Depressed on behalf of Belichick. <laughs> Belichick. Yeah. All right, well, let's change the subject then to other coaches who are uh, seeing their time end with their team. I'll just put it that way. Pete Carroll is out as the Seattle head coach. He's going to stick with the team in an advisory role, but he will no longer be coaching the Seahawks. Nick Saban is retiring in Alabama. So in the last 24 hours, we've seen Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, and Nick Saban all step down from the jobs where they've had incredible, incredible success um, the Saban one is interesting. Uh, of all the of the three vacancies that just came up in the last twenty four hours, Seth, which one is the most intriguing to you as far as who takes it next? Alabama, the ones in the last Alabama, hours, yeah, okay. Alabama, Seattle, or the New England Patriots? Oh wow! You know what? I haven't even thought about or dug into the Alabama side of things. That that'll probably be end up being the most intriguing because my. Dude, I don't know. I don't want that job. No. There's no. I do not want that job. Oh, following Nick Saban? Mm-hmm. Oh, hell no. Hell no. Not that. Um, and with like this changing landscape and everything? No. Let's talk salary, and maybe I can change my mind. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> I think the – honestly, I think the Seahawks, only because I just – again, the Seahawks, like that, that, that region – and the support that they have for the football team is kind of unique. Um, like, people don't realize, go ahead and look at a map and just look and see how isolated Seattle is in relation to every other NFL city. Mm-hmm. Like, they've got an entire quadrant of the nation. I know much of that quadrant is relatively barren or farmland, but it's like, that's, it is a devoted fan base. The owner is, you know, Paul Allen's sister is in charge now, but she might be selling. That's the one big question mark. But with the Patriots, you know, you go back to a region that was all about, like, what? where was football in the power ranking before the Patriots were there? Fourth? Oh, fourth it, easily. Yeah. yeah, I grew up there. Fourth easily. Yeah. By far. NHL was before football was. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, like, honestly, had a fan base that that was kind of blasé about the Patriots, given how awesome they were. Uh, like, they, they kind of got bored. Yeah. You know, like, the, like, they were adamant fans and everything, but you go there, the, the atmosphere was no good. Um, so, not that that matters necessarily to coaches, but I think when it comes to the owner of the, the Patriots, you've got a dude who, like, at times himself has been the embarrassment to the organization. He's notoriously stingy. Um, I think he thinks he probably had a lot more to do with, with the success of the Patriots than he actually did. I don't want any part of Bob Kraft. I don't, I don't want to sit there and sit in an office with him for an hour and hear him say 478 words over the course of an hour, except it's him talking the whole time. Right. I would fall asleep. No. Hell no. No way, no how. I don't want anything to do with Texans North. The Patriots. Yep, there yeah. you go. Texans North. Um, by the way, Mike Norvell wins the Bear Bryant Award last night. Florida State head coach. He's going to take home all the Coach of the Year awards as a consolation prize for getting screwed out of a playoff spot. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Congratulations, Mike Norvell. You're the Bear Bryant Award Coach of the Year. Um, all right, uh, 7 o'clock hour is here. Roger Clemens going to join us at 7.35 on the show. C.J. Stroud, just one offensive player of the week. The big topic around the nation over the last couple days when it comes to C.J. Stroud. A huge one. We will let you hear that next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 